0: To withstand.
1: So, the future of crime are are criminals using the internet to rob money. Say if they're a 10 out of 10 at what they
0: do, what are the police? Minus 10? Is it that far behind? Russia, for example. They'll employ advanced persistent threat groups to persistently attack. A bank, or a National Grid, or something, or whatever. We're talking thousands of attempts a day. You might even find you've got APT groups inside a business or a government entity, and they're sitting there for six months just monitoring. This is very, very difficult to withstand. To withstand. To withstand.
1: Welcome to the Eventful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Dodge, and I'm the CEO and founder of the Bournemouth Sevens Festival and The Revolutionary Event Crowd, our new online events course. On this podcast, I speak to fascinating people who have all lived eventful lives. So if you wanna hear more like this, make sure you subscribe, leave us a glowing review, and you can follow me on Instagram at Dodge Woodall. I reply to every single message. Cybersecurity is fast becoming one of the hottest and most critical topics on the global security stage. But what can we do to protect ourselves? Jake Moore worked in the police for 14 years investigating computer crime in the high-tech digital forensic unit and helped investigate hundreds of crimes ranging from fraud to murder. He was then asked to head up the Home Office scheme, advising the likes of Vodafone, the Bank of England and Facebook on cyber threats. Jake is the UK's leading global security expert and shares some important tips and tricks to stay safe online. This is the eventful life of Mr. Jake Moore. Jake, welcome to the show, mate. Thank you. Really looking forward to this. It's a different one and it'll be a very interesting one, but let's roll all the way
0: back. Where did you grow up and how did you get into the world of cybersecurity? All right, so I've been a Dorset lad all the way through. Um, Went to QE um, in Wimborne and then I went to university. Now, I I studied maths at uni, but it was in my last year when I was thinking, what am I going to do? My mum asked me that question. What are you going to do? I said, I have no idea. And she said, well, you've got to do something that you love. I said, I don't know, I love the beach. But she's like, well, you can't do a job <laughs> down the beach yeah. uh, for forever. Yeah. She said, um, what do you really love? And I said, all right, I love bank robberies. I said it tongue in cheek, but mm. I meant it. I've, mm. I've always loved bank robbery movies, right? And she said, all right, we well, can't be a bank robber, obviously. Why not? Why not go and work at the police force? and learn everything there is about bank robberies. Maybe join the robbery squad. Mm. And I went, you know what, mum? That's not a bad idea. And so for the next year I thought about this and I planned it. And I then went to Dorset police. I actually went for, I think I went for 11 jobs in uh, <laughs> in anything that was connected to my math degree. Yeah. And I didn't even get a sniff, not, not even anything, not, no callback or anything. But after my 11th application of just going for all these jobs, I did get a phone call from HR and they said, you know what, mate? You are so persistent. You desperately want to work here. I said, yeah, I'll take anything. He said, good, I'm glad you said that. Because there's a filing job for nine grand a year, minimum wage. Do you want it? I said, I'll have anything. Mm -hmm. Because I've always heard foot in the door. You're going to go for it. And I got there and I loved it. I I felt like I was the man. Mm -hmm. I was on this just rubbish filing job, Mm -hmm. but it was from then I started working out where the future of crime was. So, what what sort of year are we talking here? So, I came out of uni in two thousand four. Yeah. What uni did you go to? Kingston. Did you go to Kingston? Did you? Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, nice. So, when you left two thousand four, you went. Just, so, you come out two thousand five straight into the straight
0: into Dorset Police. So, yeah, straight into Dorset Police, and I thought, right, I've got to get my way. What was the role called? Oh, uh, file prep. <laughs> Uh, officer, <laughs> I mean, it was they always threw officer at the end yeah, of every yeah, job. Yeah, to make it sound oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But
1: um, so I, what? So what was what was your mindset when you went in there? You said I want to be a copper on the street, or were you wanted no, to you wanted to be going right? I want to find out how I can catch bank robbers.
0: Well, this, this is it. This mm. was at a time where they were taking in civilians, yeah. not coppers on the street. I didn't want to be beaten up on a Friday night. Yeah. I'm not big enough for yeah. that. I thought, you know what? I, I need to be in some sort of desk or lab job. Yeah. And I went through everyone saying, oh, hi everyone, my name's Jake. And they were like, oh, all right, mate. But there was one day I went into the canteen, in the police canteen, I sat down next to this guy I'd never seen before. And I went, oh, hello, my name's Jake. What do you do here? And he went, you're a classic old school cop. And he went, you know what, son? Who the hell are you? Yeah. And I went, oh, uh, well, my name's Jake and I, I, I wanna work in the robbery squad. And he went, do you not know who I am? I went, oh, no. And he goes, well, my name is oh, Bob Bolton at the yeah. time. I'm the commander of this damn police station and you can tell me everything about you so i told him i said oh, this is my background and i want to work in robberies and and it's all about this and he said all right and for about an hour we did chat we got on really well yeah. my friends around the sides going what the hell is going on because no one talked to him yeah and an hour later i got a call actually it was via my boss at the time she came and found me and she went the bloody commander wants you in his office mm-hmm. what have you done i said okay, okay went up there put a tie on two old school classic, what felt like London cops staring at me. they yeah, went, we've heard all about you. Oh God, we need someone like you. We haven't got anyone doing statistics on all of these low crime jobs. Mm. We got robberies. Oh, okay. Vehicle crime, burglary. We need someone like you to analyse them on the, on the side of what you're currently doing. I said, this sounds perfect. Mm. And that continued for a few months. And then they offered me a job as an analyst. I was a crime analyst for a few years, which I absolutely adored at the time. Break, break, break down what actually a crime analyst actually does. Does what it says on the TV. Just does that exact thing. Analyzes. We're looking for patterns. So you're looking for patterns of house robberies. Yep. Um, drugs. House burglaries. Um, you name it. Anything yep. that might cause, well, from looking at maps, looking to see where they were, looking at their MO yep. to work out how they've broken in. Yeah. Um, and then it was the robbery squad yep. that then took me on as a little secondment. And I felt like I'd made it. This, really? is, this is what I wanted. Wow. I'm suddenly there. And then over that year. <laughs> so what year was that then when you actually must got. to must be 2005, 2006. What would you be, like 23,
1: 24? Yeah. Around that. Okay. Yeah,
0: And uh, my mates were working, you know, small time jobs. Yeah. And I felt like I was in the FBI. Yeah. But <laughs> it, all, it all came to me that you didn't get bank robberies in Dorset. No. We had two jewelry shop share, uh, thefts. Yeah. Um, and we investigated them, we caught them. Yeah. But it wasn't like the movies. Yeah. But then at the end of that year, there was a, another high cop, top cop, that came to me and he said, I got an idea for you, mate. We are just creating this new unit. And it's called the High Tech Crime Unit. I Sounds was like, good, doesn't wow, it? Wow. Yeah. This is going to impress everyone. Yeah. And he said, We need people that we can trust because we're going to be even policing the police, you know, like AC 12 out of mm. line of duty. Mm. We're going to be looking at everyone to do with cyber um, with digital forensics, it's called. Look, gonna take out um, devices and look for evidence. Could be a murder, could be a missing person. We need to find everything, but you're gonna be given all the courses that you need. So don't worry about that. How do you fancy it? And I went, this sounds like the absolute dream <laughs> of a job. And it was, and I spent nine years in the digital forensics unit, or back then it was called the high-tech crime unit. and uh, ended up managing the team of people and um, it was probably the best team I ever had ever, that I've ever worked with. And I loved it. One day we'd be working on a murder, the next a missing child, the next a robbery or a burglary. It was so diverse. And in fact, you'd actually be working on five or six jobs at once. Mm.
1: And, and was it like how you saw in the movies when they got pictures up on on the side walls and there's a, you know, joining up the dots? And
0: Do you know what? It wasn't too far off that. People ask me that, actually. Yeah. What was it like? Was it like in the movies? Yeah. And you know what? It it mm. was, but a lot slower. Yeah. It wasn't like, we know who it is, go and get him. Yeah. Next scene, bashing down the door. Mm. No, we've got papers to sign. We've mm. got uh, barristers to sign things off. And it was a lot of fun though. And I worked with surveillance teams and we'd break into houses, put bugs in computers and stuff. Is that right? It was so cool. How do you put a bug into it? How big is a bug? It's usually a USB drive, stick it in. Really? off. <laughs> And it's literally puts, as simple as that. Yeah, milder, and that bug yeah.
1: will be able to hear everything that someone's talking about.
0: Depends. We Well, there were bugs that we put in cars, but... Um, so you say you put in cars. You put them underneath the car. We had locksmiths that could get into the car. And, so.
1: and if you didn't, and you wanted to bug a car, say there was a, a dealer going around and you wanted to hear what was going on, where would those bugs be?
0: I um, probably shouldn't really go into that too much. But my job was to do the computer side of things. So to be able to put some software onto a device. A lot harder now, but we're mm. talking back then, 2009 to 2012, roughly. Mm. Very easy to do whatever you wanted. Because a lot of the criminals didn't really know what tools we had at our disposal. So what what were you fighting then? Anything, I mean, jobs like that would usually be drug dealers, for example. Yeah. But um, you'll You'll be putting bugs in
1: the car. What about the bugs in the computer?
0: That will be looking for anything, keystrokes, um And any evidence that could be found, obviously he 's got to have a court order to do this, the, so you 've got to have a court order to be able to go and bug someone. the police do, yeah,
1: is that right, so you can 't just go and bug him. oh no, no, no.
0: you 've got to get signed off by the absolute top, and th- this doesn 't happen that often, yeah, but um, yeah, so my job was to find as much evidence as possible, yeah, um, the strangest thing was we had a very dark sense of humor in that yeah, I mean, <laughs> a, <laughs> a lady that I worked with was horrendous, yeah, and stuff some of the stuff that we used to laugh at give an example. <laughs> She'd always laugh at murders. It, yeah, was, okay. it was strange. But, it, you know, you've got to think about the dark side to uh, to keep you sane. Because at the end of the day, we'd be putting bad people away, yeah. which made you feel good. Yeah. And you've helped the community, helped protect other people. So, for example, if there was a murder, what would your role be within that murder? So I'd be looking for any evidence possible. Usually, it was like a needle in a haystack. Yeah. You'd get given a device, and they'd say, right, find some evidence. And I'd go, okay, give me some clues. What, what are you after? And they'd say, uh, we don't really know. So I started the log files, okay? So was the computer on when, I don't know, the murder happened? Yeah. Usually not. Okay, um, what can I find in the Google history? What have they been looking yeah. for? What have they been buying? Are there any messages? Are there any email fragments left over? Things in phones, uh, photos. We have to break into these phones because yeah. they'd, they'd never give us the codes. And back then, super easy to do it. Mm. Um, and they'd change images from a JPEG to a dot doc for example so we might not see it and and we had software that can just flip that round tell us what was what was actually there and then go through it with a fine tooth comb so breaking
1: into people's phone to see what conversations they're having prior to someone being murdered or 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 someone who potentially could have murdered that person how did you break into something like a mobile well because at the moment what's it most mobile phones now smartphones five digit code you can't get in
0: well there are definitely ways that you can get around that and back then it was it was super easy. So we used to have software. We used to buy some software from China, funnily enough, and you could uh, plug it into the back of the phone. So after 10 attempts, you know how the screen locks yeah. usually, uh, it would just continue go through. Again, back then four digit code was a standard. So a thousand options to go through mm. and it would go through one by one. What we tend to do, we'd look it up on the report, what the age of the guy was, Oh, he's born in 1975. Yeah. All right, Give everyone, that a go. Start at 1975 yeah. and it would go through one by one. Yeah. If it didn't work on his year of birth, by the time it got to when his son was born, it would get in. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it was like this. But um, the amount of people that are still doing it, they're still using the, the codes that are related to them to get into their phones, which is crazy. And part of my job now is to, is to show people how dangerous that is. What about these burner phones? Yeah, that was a big thing, especially with drug dealers that have tons of of burner phones with not much information on. Just explain to the viewers what
1: a burner phone is.
0: So a burner phone is when they just buy a random phone. They've not used it before, a brand new SIM card. Um, They might use it for a few days, maybe a couple of weeks, and then chuck it, burn it away and get a new one. And they might have six or seven on the go at any time. Mm. So do you think you can get into my mobile phone? Well, I... uh, I... (laughs) i go one step further, actually. Go on. All right. I've done some research. Have you? Yeah. Go on then. So one of my party tricks is actually, yeah, to try and get into people's phones. Yeah. Uh, I I do this quite often. I go and do uh, lots of conferences for big companies and so on. Um, and I always like to pick on the boss. Um, I do my research and I'll, I'll say, do you mind if I give your phone a go? And I'd say one out of two, I get it. Right? You're joking, mate. No, no. But I've done some research on you, actually. Okay. So... Um, I'll do what a hacker would normally do. Yeah. Now, a hacker would find everything out about you beforehand. So okay. you're on the internet, you're a bit of a star. So there's going to be information on you. And the information I've got here, it, I know we are friends on Facebook, but I did this before we were friends on Facebook to prove this is what someone would do uh, as um, as a hacker okay. would find out information. Okay. There's the places obviously like social media, but there are other things. Companies house, you're in a business, so you're going to have data on there. Um, It's easy to find out your connections, wife and and whatever. Uh, And all this can get put into charts. And the police do this as well. We used to do this in what's called an I2 chart. All this information we put in. um, And we used that back then uh, to break into phones to start with. Um, And so I've got this here now, right? So you are, and if I'm wrong, shout out, okay, at any point. So you're Roger Barry George Woodall. Your date of birth, okay? Right, so... It's, just, it's going live out on... Uh, I'll be uh, well, you'll been I'll suck your <laughs> <hell>. <laughs> Yeah, go on. So a good, a good place to start with people yeah. is their year of birth yeah. or the date of birth. Um, you went to Loughborough Uni, 95 to 2000. Now, you played rugby for Wasps, 94 to 95. I know rugby is a big thing for you. So that's mm. going to be deep in your heart, something that might be... Uh, Something that you're connected to. Especially, um, I think you were number nine for when you played for Tigers in 97 to 98. Uh, Leicester Tigers, that is, right? Um So your lovely wife. I've met her. She's she's awesome. Fleur. I think a maiden name. So a maiden name is a classic thing to go for. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Lewis. Mm. Uh, now, I think she was born in <laughs> Okay? Um, you got married uh, 11th of July 2008. Um, so again, that's one thing that a lot of guys do. They use their their wedding date is their code to get into their phone so they mm. type it in so often they don't forget yeah once they forget they never forget yeah. again uh, you've got a lovely son alfie mm. alfie blake born i think now these are numbers that mean a lot to you obviously you've got viper 10 deep in your heart or something that is, is there. <laughs> number 10 and a diamond sporting group and of course how can we go without saying you're a massive west ham fan? you've, <laughs> you've said that in uh, the past wow. You look speechless. This is crazy. <laughs> but And so from that, what I would uh, ascertain is a lot of information Yeah, and put it into, um, there is actually a tool you can do this. Now let's take, um, I don't know, your son's name, for example, Alfie. Mm. A typical thing that, uh, that hackers would do is change the L to a 1, okay? And maybe use a capital letter at the beginning, maybe a number at the end. So a typical password would be something like Alfie, let's say 2008, because uh, that's when um, your wedding was, right? Mm. But I can go one step further than that. A a few years ago, I downloaded 2 billion passwords and usernames because you can get them on the dark web and we'll go into that in a minute. This is a database of usernames and passwords that have been compromised from massive, massive uh, companies, LinkedIn, um, Yahoo, they've all been compromised in the past. We We hear about this all the time. And they get sold on the dark web initially, but then after some time, they get given away for free. I had a look through there and I typed in one of your email addresses. Um, I typed in roger at diamondsupportinggroup.com, and the, there was a password. I could have guessed this. This is a password that got breached. I don't know which account, but I would start here. It was of course hmm. is that one of your passwords from the old days. It was. Yeah. Wow. So this just shows okay. the information that's out there just proven it yeah on you now this is, a, this is a starting block for 10 right yeah I could go and and play around with this stuff. you know the tools are there yeah to then that is wild that and you so just, you just with an hour a bit of a, an hour's work yeah. from
1: you you could find out pretty much 90% of someone if yeah. they've got a business via social media yeah via their old login details
0: wow and i've gone that's crazy i've gone further than that with companies so companies invite me to go in to speak to them i've spoken to barclays hsbc vodafone uh, bank of england some massive companies and they often ask me go on play some tricks try and hack us yeah i love that mm. i'm like all right okay um how far can i go um i was getting to sign a disclaimer and i've gone and pulled some some very fun tricks on them that might involve other people as well in other companies. Um, and you can do things like steal people's phone numbers. If you steal their phone number, then you can get their two-factor authentication code because you just have to pretend they're them and you can change it to another phone, get the code and get in. So you can, you can do you think that you can get into my phone now? Um, You sound confident, so um, possibly uh, it's 50-50. Um with the numbers that I've got, I'd give it a go, so so if you stole my phone, yeah,
1: and you took that away, what could you do to get into that?
0: Well, the thing is if you steal someone's phone, they're gonna know straight away. Say if I didn't say if so I if was on the you, beach did, and I was
1: out for eight, ten hours and you had plenty of time to do it, what's right. the first thing you would do?
0: Yeah, I'd try all the codes that are that are related to you with all the information that I've got, yeah, and how'd you get that two pin or th- two factor authentication? Yes. So that's one stage further. Yeah. Um, well, what I would love to do is, if I stole your phone, yeah. I, what I would, <laughs> and I've done this, this is funny, <laughs> what you can do to steal someone's, um, actually I've done it on PayPal, I've stolen money out of people's accounts before. Have you stolen money out of people's accounts? With authority, yes. Could you steal money out of my account? It depends. I've done it through PayPal only. Okay. I've not done it through a bank. But This leads back to where my love of bank robberies come from. Yeah. I'm always thinking about how I could actually rob a bank. Have you not thought about doing it yourself? Have <laughs> a quick
1: buck and then see you later. I
0: haven't got, <laughs> I haven't got the balls. <laughs> but no, that's, that's part of my job is to is to find what they're doing and then teach them. But if I go and say, oh, criminals exist. Uh, you shouldn't do that. They're going to go, yeah, jog on, mate. Yeah, see you later. If I go, you know what? I've done it to you. Yeah. They've got that feeling in their stomach. Yeah. They've gone, jeez. So you were so you
1: were a copper working behind the scenes getting gaining as much evidence as
0: possible. When you left there what did you decide to do? So it was 2016. Mm. That uh the cybercrime team was forming in the police still. So I actually got annoyed that I wasn't going to court as much and people weren't getting arrested as much. And we didn't have enough evidence because people were using encryption, the dark web. They were able to use tools that would evade that capture. Mm. And I really noticed a drop in times I was going to the Crown Court. And did you enjoy going to the Crown Court? Oh, I loved it. It's amazing. it's theatre. Yeah. You know, you get cross-examined and you get beaten up. Yeah. It's hilarious. Did you ever get the
1: fear when it's crowned court and then someone's in the dock clocking you and going, you know what, I know that you're I know you going to get me. I'm going to get you later on. There's a couple of lads waiting outside or anything along those yeah,
0: lines. Right, yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. But...
0: Did you enjoy that? Do you know what I love the most? It's having my report with me, which was like, just the best, knowing that I've got in here something that's so solid. And you get to court and then they read through it and then they go to their client I don't think you should step in the court they're going to oh. absolutely ruin you right, I'll tell okay. you one thing yeah. one day <laughs> I had the funniest evidence to find okay I got given a murder job they ran into the, the unit and they had this bagged up laptop covered in blood and they went Jake <laughs> we've got a murder we always like to murder actually because it actually gave us something more interesting to look for was it more exciting yeah oh, yeah. yeah, definitely yeah, Okay. and they said right we've got the guy he's chopped this person up was pretty gruesome but uh, can you get all the evidence as protocol, get anything you can off this laptop? All right. So like I would normally do, I take out the hard drive from the laptop and then make a copy of the hard drive. He's not allowed to work on the actual device, you've got mm. to work on a copy of mm. it. I stick it into the machine, first place to look at. Not really worrying too much, you know, it's not all eyes on Jake, I've got 24 hours to find the evidence, yeah. they've got the guy. Yeah. It's just extra, cherry on the top kind of yeah. stuff. And, I had a look at this, at the logs. Oh, okay. The laptop was on at the time of the alleged attack. What was he doing? What was, what was the laptop doing? Playing music or something? No, no. Google. He'd gone to Google at the time of the offence. All right. What on earth are you Googling yeah. when you're murdering someone? Yeah. I had a look. He'd Googled, how do I get rid of a dead body? Oh, no, you're joking. <laughs> I had to think <laughs> write that in my report. <laughs> I think I have to get a <laughs> call.
1: Can you put chips into computers so you can hear what was said?
0: It wouldn't be done like that. How advanced are these chips? What are they actually doing? So it's malware. Um, so it's, it, malware is malicious software. Yeah, and That's what would be used. Um, but uh, that's not something that I've ever played around with for listening devices and so mm. on. Although the, the software is out there. There's an incredible piece of software called... Um, Pegasus, mm. that's used on very very high profile people. We're talking Liz Truss's phone yeah. in the summer, just before. Did she get she became, hacked? Did Liz Truss? Yeah, her phone got uh, hacked with this uh, malware called Pegasus, and they got wind of it and they stopped her from using it and they put it in a box called a Faraday box. that can't connect to the to the world and uh, it got it compromised her microphone. It can compromise your camera. Mm. Um, it tends to be journalists, high profile, rich people. Yeah um and uh, politicians that get hit with that how do you know if your phone has been bugged generally you don't with Pegasus um until something comes out like Jeff Bezos for example it came out when um he got attacked like three years ago he clicked on a link that came through WhatsApp from his friend that had been actually hacked um and it said oh I think this is you And as it come from a, a contact which a lot of people do this mm. they, oh I, I can verify it is actually him he clicked on it it bugged his phone and then these hackers then sent him messages of of him with his missus mm. well, sorry his mistress yeah and they said we know what you're up to yeah give us a load of money or we're going to print these so he came clean and he said "Right, this is what's happening and then his ex-wife rightly so took him uh, to the clean i was going to say <laughs> took surely it would been loaf.
1: cheaper to pay someone underground and <laughs> your ex-wife's well, taking 50% of well, everything. Well, this is criminals
0: though. They'll, they'll keep going. Yeah. This is what we see time and time again with things like ransomware. Yeah, You can uh, you can pay the ransom and then they'll go, all right, this, that was easy. We're now going to ask you again to do it. Yeah. Um, and so again, going back to what I do, I'm trying to get these companies to be prepared so that doesn't happen. I don't want to be the insurer to say, oh, right, your data's gone. Have some money. Yeah. I want to stop it from happening at all. Yeah. How are these people getting into business accounts and taking out 200 grand without the business owner knowing? Okay, so that would be uh, fraud when they are pretending to be someone. So let's say I got into your email address yeah. or even I in, got into your Instagram or anything. anything. Yeah. I can I can steal your WhatsApp. I've done that before. Yeah. stolen on someone's WhatsApp account. That would be an easy one to do. Can you I, get into my WhatsApp account? It could, yeah, give me half an hour and I'll be able to take control of it. Yeah. You're joking, man. <laughs> I'll show you Are you serious? serious? I've done it. Uh, well, Dan, give
1: me your phone. <laughs> <laughs> so you could yeah, so, I wouldn't be able to
0: read them. This is the thing. When okay, you take control of someone's WhatsApp account.
1: Can you write messages to other people as yeah, if it's from, as you as and me? This is what happened
0: with Jeff Bezos. My God. So when and then if so, you, so
1: I could. So you could tap into mine and go. What's that, my best mate? And say, I'm in trouble. That's what happens. Hell, mate, work 20 grand into my account with you.
0: Well, they might go, What the hell do you need 20 grand? No, for, but I'm mate? saying, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a good mate would go, What's yeah. it about?
1: And you'll reply, exactly. Bang. Okay. And this is
0: what you point about the business. Yeah. They go straight to your financial officer and they say, Right, just do this one quickly for me. Um, I'm away. They know you're away because they've checked your Twitter feed or yeah. something, or your Instagram, you're on yeah. holiday. And it, so something that corroborates what they think only they would know. And then they go. Oh, can you just put this money? In? And this is the account details. Can you just do that? Verified by me. Well, we're all told to verify something through the boss. Well, I've got them on the line, and and they can see then their other WhatsApp messages above yeah. it. Well, that's him. Yeah, it's pretty easy.
1: Wow. And so, what's your what's your role today then? Head of cybersecurity. Is cybersecurity your bag? Are you are you are you? I've seen you on BBC and and the different TV uh, channels etc. As the sort of the guru, I guess, that people go to for, for this sort of stuff. I've got a guy coming on next week who's the UK's biggest fraudster, Tony yeah. Sales. He's now employed by the big banks and secret organized crime agency to prevent people like him
0: mm-hmm.
1: being a fraudster. That's amazing. How mad is that? He's come out of prison and now he's been employed well, for like big the, money. Yeah. Because he's the king of it.
0: Yeah. It's like the film Catch Me If You Can. Catch Me If You Can, yeah. yeah. And you want to employ those people that know how to do it. And that's the right thing. I always think I learned so much in the in the police because I've got a criminal mind to think like a criminal. I remember we used to laugh at some of these jobs that would come in. We'd laugh at them and go, what were they thinking? Yeah. This guy is going to prison because he did this. Why didn't he do that? Yeah. And then we
1: then start... <laughs> Can to you learn. not advise them? Like a little brown envelope. <laughs> it's not that type of podcast. I'm not one of those guests.
0: No, this is it. There is so much out there yeah. to be, to learn. And I want those companies to just take it on. Do you think you'd make a good criminal? Oh, that's a great question. Um, if I had the balls, if I was confident enough, I would have loved it. But it's too much to risk. What am I doing it for? The money, well, the cybersecurity industry's the best place for that so um i'd probably i think with criminals unless they really do have an out they carry on until they get caught mm. and no, i would never want to get caught this is something that i've flipped with my love of crime i always think that i'm i've been in the right place with the right crime mm. throughout my career and i've taken on everything that i've learned because i'm always reading about how criminals are doing it yeah. and piecing it together To then help protect, because I still have that that joy of helping the community out, which I I got from the police. Mm. You know, being able to put someone away that had done something horrendous is great. Okay, I can't get that from the cops now, but I can still do that with people's accounts. If I can help someone not lose their livelihood, of say they've got I don't know five employees underneath them, if they've got completely obliterated because they now haven't got a business because they haven't paid the ransom. They've now got five people to go and, and let go. That would be horrendous. So to give that back, that's what I get a big kick out of. Mm. So a lot of criminals wire
1: money everywhere and make it really confusing. But I would imagine that's very easy to follow up and find out and, and call them out. Yeah. A lot of criminals now are going into cryptocurrency. Yeah. How difficult is it to prevent this whole new world of cryptocurrency with criminals?
0: So... Yeah, going back, I spent some time working with the financial crime unit, the oh economic crime unit, as they were called. And I remember seeing how easy it was. They could follow the money. The wiring in the money, you'd see it go from bank account to bank yeah. account into a yacht. Yeah, It would just be as simple as that. Yeah. Of course, cryptocurrency came along. I remember I was working in the high tech crime unit when Bitcoin came in. Yeah. And there was this guy that got nicked. I wasn't in the interview and, he, and uh, my sergeant was. And he came back up and he went, I've just been laughed at by one of the criminals that we'd just been interviewing. He laughed in my face because I didn't know what Bitcoin was. Mm. And I went, what's that? And he goes, well, I don't know, let's look it up. And we, we learned about cryptocurrency. Mm. And I basically remember thinking at that moment, well, what the hell are we going to do in the mm. future? Mm. We haven't got a job. There's going to be criminals everywhere. This is just the future because you can just move money around. Now, going forward, there are better ways of following cryptocurrency around, but it's very, very difficult. It's time consuming. The cops haven't got the time, they haven't got resources. You've got to use international federations to join together. Collaboration between police forces is rubbish all over the world. They don't talk and it takes time. And so they're running amok all around the world. They're just having the time of their lives.
1: I think the criminal underworld with the whole Bitcoin and all the other stuff
0: are having it off. (laughs) It is very easy, however, there are people at the low hanging fruit that we still catch. Yeah. And this was funnily enough, the same thing when I was in the high tech crime unit. We caught the ones that made the mistakes, obviously. Yeah, The one, the career criminal is not gonna catch them. Yeah, They're doing it as a job. Are you saying the ones that make the mistakes? Are they the ones that are just blasé
1: about it and haven't followed their, follow their traces?
0: Yeah. Um, if you look back, there was a famous uh, story about what's called Silk Road. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you heard of that. That was like, imagine the eBay of the dark web, Yeah. okay? Um, there's a big show about this. I think it's on Netflix. And it goes through the processes of of the police just scratching their heads going, we haven't got a clue who this person is. But he did make one mistake. One account that he was playing around with happened to be connected to a Gmail account that was in his name. Mm. And so that was nothing to do with the dark web or the open web. It was just an email, a Gmail account. And it connected into it. And that's just a classic example of you will make a mistake at some point I think greed gets involved here they're after the money and you're seeing this now i mean tiktok's covered in in crime selling all sorts of nefarious things do you think tiktok's a danger to our country it's a big question um in a couple of parts there i think there's one side of it where the company tiktok will um bike dance and the connection with the Chinese government yeah. and the data that it's collecting is one thing. You've then got the the way that people use it uh, and and how they might believe it. we have got a big problem with misinformation, for yeah. example. And so, yeah, I think it's a danger, but people need to understand what people can do with their data. Like I've just proven to you. Yeah. If I get your data, I might be able to use that. I could potentially use it in identity theft. That's mm. a massive problem mm. um, and people, Younger people really don't care about their their privacy or their data because they think, what's going to happen? Yeah, they didn't really grow up with it, did they? Well, that's right. Um, but yeah, getting them to, to really grasp that mm. their data could be misused, mm. that's difficult. Do you think there's problems with cybersecurity in Russia? Well, I think that's an element of the war on Ukraine, yes. And we've got an amazing research unit out in Slovakia where ESET, have, Oh, well, they've got the headquarters. And the research unit there is so committed, and they spend a lot of time on looking at the threats on Ukraine that may have Russian entities. Um, And a a good friend of mine, the head of uh, research there, was even able to stop an attack on the national grid in Ukraine. Mm. And so, yes, it is a definite part of this war. Um, that will never go away, but it was there before. Mm. How would you explain cyber security? Oh, that's a big question. So, cyber and security. So, cyber is the computer element. Um, people call it information security, you might call it IT. It's just cyber's taken on this, this sexy word that, that kind of just means uh, computers with the internet attached. And then, how can you secure it? And there are loads of different ways you can secure it from the user way of uh, understanding how a password works and maybe using two-factor authentication to really bolster their accounts right the way through to antivirus which, which is what we sell with, with ESET yeah. um, and then encrypting computers so they're data compliant because we've got things like the information commission office that's always you know, hammering people if they get compromised you know you lose your data then you get a fine of 10 percent or whatever it is yeah. of uh, your annual uh, profit so yeah it's it's very difficult to make people aware of it mm. but i think we're getting there we're definitely moving in the right direction have you fa- have you found that when you go actually go and speak
1: to businesses and say how's your how's your cybersecurity? how's your security have you found that business like oh yeah whatever that we'll, we'll
0: deal with that another time yeah depends you usually get um, these days is one or two people in say the c-suite mm. that are really involved in it they're probably not the ones that are so keen to look at the numbers That might be someone else who they tend to say do we really need to spend this but you can do some fun stuff Mm. um like what i've just shown you Mm. um you can go into companies maybe hack a few people make them all see it as in a fun safe environment on top of that you can then go and do desktop activities where you 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 hack into a computer and you show how easy it is it makes people remember it and that's the kind of stuff you can give your staff like if you were to go and train your staff up once or twice a year in a fun way, they will remember it. If you go and give them something like a password manager as well, that will look after all their passwords and teach them this is what you can do for work and you can now use it at home. Mm. They're then going to realize actually there's a benefit to this and you end up protecting themselves and the business.
1: Mm.
0: And what about what about the actual cyber
1: security um, anyone out there at the moment who have got passcodes? What would you say to those people who have got your normal nineteen eighty four <laughs> passcode or your brother's date of birth or your date yeah. of birth? What would you say to them right now?
0: Your password's probably already been hacked. If it's like that, um, if they're using two or three passwords for everything, yeah. then I would, I would guess that one or two of those passwords has already been compromised so they are going to have an attack on their accounts at some point. Um, I've seen targeted attacks from people that maliciously want to take control of people's um, account like Instagram, for example. Uh, Competitive businesses I've seen do that. To take out another business, they wipe out their Instagram for good. And we've all seen what happens, people have to start a new one. Um, And if they're using a code that is related to them to get into their phone, change it by all means use facial recognition and and fingerprint recognition and what are your thoughts on that face i was about to go into that one facial recognition
1: is that a powerful thing
0: absolutely is
1: that more powerful than having your own personal code we can't have facial recognition
0: without a code though
1: but is there anyone behind the facial recognition that someone's now tapping into the facial recognition to get into certain things they are
0: trying but it's too hard to do it'd be way easier to follow you around look over your shoulder and see you type it in for example yeah um and that's that's a big thing that happens. Um, the police use that as well. They'll yeah. follow a criminal and look to see when he sits down to type in his code. Bosh, that's the moment. Yeah. Uh, if he's got a fully encrypted phone, you can get these phones that are just really hard to get into. As soon as they unlock it, then you nick him. And that's when you get the phone. And
1: when you, when you were a copper dealing with this stuff, would you allow a drug dealer and the drug dealer, the, soul, the whole syndicate, would you allow them to build up and build up and build up and then go in for the snatch?
0: That was intelligence gathering. So I was in the intelligence department at the time. So I wasn't actually a police officer, mm. but I, I was in there as a civilian. But the, this would be... You were in a, there as a civilian? A, as a civilian, yeah. So I was never a police officer. No, okay. So this, again, like I said, this is a time when the police needed people with expertise that they would stay in these roles. Because cops love to move around every couple yeah. of years to, to build on their CV, But if you've got civilians that, work in all the time I spent nine years learning about computer forensics Mm. I had a lot of knowledge there where cops would maybe come in for a year or two and then go so the intelligence gathering is absolutely vital to put a case together to make someone uh, have enough evidence on them to get to court usually if it gets to court and a judge says yes make a case out of it then there's usually the thought that that is actually going to be guilty uh,
1: yeah. at the end of it. And what would you say your skill set is today? If you was, <sighs> we met in a in, in a booze and we just met or I met at a wedding or whatever, yeah. what would you say your skill set is?
0: So understanding today's and the future's threats to businesses and people in a cybersecurity world. Um, I also blog, so I do a load of research for our company, ESET. I'm um, always looking at how you can hack into people's accounts. I even go... Step by step, how people do it. And I write them all up in weLivesecurity.com. And if there's a
1: business out there listening, saying, you know what, I need to speak to Jake. What can you do for their business? How much do you charge? How does it work? How does the business model work? So
0: the business model for me is to to get our name out. So ESET is not hugely known in the UK. It is the number one cybersecurity company in Europe. I think it's about third in the world now. But we've got a huge... Issue with people just not knowing who we are. So a lot of my stuff is to build the the name up. I was able to even create my own job mm. when I went in and uh, I met with the MD and I said, I've got an idea for a job for you. I, I think I can get the name out there, and I think I've got this way of making businesses go. All right, what have you got there? Yeah, and that'll be for free. Go in there and, and learn what they're. So you'll go.
1: You'll go in and pull it apart. The business. Say it for myself. Mm owner of the business, come and have a look. You'll say, I'll pull this apart. You need to be protecting yourself, this, this, and this. How much would that cost me?
0: Well, the the cost for you would be what you do afterwards. Yeah. I want to really help you. This is like the... But you've got something to sell, right? Well, you might end up using our antivirus, but it's it's like a a consultancy position, Hmm. an advisory position. Uh, At the end of the day, it's got the name out there. Hmm. Uh, The bigger, the better. I mean, like I said, I've gone to some amazing, big businesses now i'm working on a global scale i'm going to businesses all over the world uh, usually virtually but um i've been out to places just to understand what their risks are Mm. and how can they make their staff understand it and that's usually the number one question how How can i make my staff care enough to actually
1: protect the business
0: yeah do what i tell them to do Mm. and it's usually you know what let's try and hack one of their accounts or take control of their phone number do
1: you find that hacking an account gives you the sort of key to the business owner going, you know what, you've hacked into our account, let's work together.
0: Well, uh, I would immediately say you need to make sure everyone's using unique passwords mm. because like I've just shown you that I've got two that are in my database that I've been able to get off the dark web in my 2 billion passwords that I've got. Mm. Uh, that shows you that, because you don't look at their passwords when they come in. Oh. You say, I have an account, oh, make sure it's a good one. Yeah. They just type in anything and you don't know. It could yeah. be their dog's name, Dot one, yeah and, and you would just you'd not know. Yeah. You don't really care, I imagine, how long it is. And it's
1: not really your place to care if it's their password. That's right. Because you can't go and ask them what it is to make sure it's secure.
0: But businesses aren't training their employees beforehand. Um, we we give them training at ESET before they start mm. and in their first couple of weeks. Because I'll tell you the other day, uh, someone started and she had an email the day she started from pretend someone pretending to be the CEO Saying, oh, hi, um, I've, uh, I know you just started, but I really need some help. Can you call back on this number? She looked at me and went, is this the kind of thing you were talking about? Mm. I said, that's exactly it. Yeah. And she goes, just me. it's quite scary. How do they know that I've just started? Yeah. And I went, what was your LinkedIn post you did at first yeah. thing this morning? And she yeah. goes, oh, yeah, I put on there that I just started it. Well, there you go. Yeah. They're doing this. Mm. LinkedIn's amazing. Yeah. I've even taken on uh, another identity on LinkedIn to hack into a huge law firm. I pretended that I was this female, a beautiful female. Yeah,
1: you have a photo with it?
0: <laughs> yeah, did I do. You? But guess what? <laughs> that on. person did not exist. Yeah. It was off a website called thispersondoesnotexist.com. Yeah. And I kept clicking through, refreshing it until I found someone. I thought, wow, she's hot. Yeah. I then chose her face. I then created all of these connections. Brilliant. Within no time, I had everyone adding me. Yeah. I was getting asked out all sorts. Yeah. <laughs> um I was like, this is amazing. And then I used... Uh, and I was asked to to do this. Yeah. Um, the the head of information security said you can do whatever you want. Try and get into our business. <laughs> I then added all the hundred names that she gave me. Yeah.
1: What? Who worked at the business? Uh, all all yeah. the people that
0: worked there. Yeah. She said, don't do the CEO because uh, he might not be uh, impressed to yeah. to um, pick on. Which is, funnily enough, what usually happens because yeah. the weakest link. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I then went for everyone. I added them all and I had about 60% hit rate that afternoon. And they were adding me and um, three guys jumped out at me because they connect. They connected and contacted me. Yeah. Oh, hi, how are you doing? Yeah. I was like, oh, this isn't it. Really- <laughs> all right, I'll see where I can go yeah, with this. It's like yeah, yeah, you're yeah. doing the job for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I then started replying to them individually going, oh, I'm just going to start a job with you. Yeah. Um, but there's this another job down the road that I'm thinking about. I've just moved from London uh how how nice is it working where you work oh it's amazing they all say, oh it's fantastic yeah. you'll love it um and i said oh can i just send you the job that i'm going for and they went oh yeah yeah, sure yeah. again all independent these jobs um and i sent them another job in another law firm somewhere else and they all replied going oh you sent us the wrong one so i went to my tech they've all clicked on a link thanks yeah. very much yeah um that's what the, the cso had asked me to do um you know what? Can you give me some help It's with my CV? I just want, can you just check it to make sure it's okay. Now remember, LinkedIn you can add attachments. Yes. Not everyone does, but you can add yep. an attachment. Now your email will be like ringing alarm bells if an attachment's coming around at me. But this is on through LinkedIn. Yeah. I then go and send them all a PDF. I sent them a PDF. But I didn't want to make a CV up. Like, That's going to take me too long. Mm. So I PDF this fake face, right? And they all replied, "Ah, oh, you you've, you idiot! You've sent me a, a picture of you." Of your face yeah this one guy went oh you sent me a picture of your face beautiful by the way yeah do you fancy going out for a drink um and i went oh wait, wait a minute it may be um i just need some help can i really need help with this cv situation though can you just have a look at this so then i sent them all um a zipped file now a zip file is classically what a criminal would do they would dump loads of information uh, that would explode on a on a computer, yeah. hoping that it would get around any antivirus that's on there um, and not alert anyone. And then you could lock down the machines. You could do anything, lock, lock the the information and ask for a ransom. And they, they they did their thing and they started writing back. So I, I was like, yeah, well, they've clicked on this. This is pretty yeah. cool. And suddenly all three of the chats went dead. And it came up saying LinkedIn user. I was like, why, do, why does their name change i didn't even know what that meant yeah. so i googled it and it meant they would blocked me i was like "Shit, they, they've blocked me now oh well they've clicked on a link they've opened attachment and they've they've clicked down as a zip file this is pretty good i was about to ring the CISO, but she rang me she rang me up and went jake are you um trying to hack us on linkedin are you this girl called jessica and i went yeah yeah i am she went well done they've all come to me and told me what they've done i said actually that's quite good I said, yeah. that's actually what i advise then um, she said, but you made one error. I said, what have I done wrong? And she goes, the thing is, I gave you 100 names. The three that you chose to go after all sit together. All right. And they all worked out at the same time that you were fake and you were chatting them all up.
1: <laughs> quality, <laughs> quality. Before, before we finish up here, what would you,
0: one bit of advice to any listener out there right now? Okay, comes in two parts. Mm. Make every single account you've got from your email to through your social media to set up with two factor authentication, sometimes called two step verification. You, from WhatsApp to Instagram, your email, you name it, they all need that. So, example, you've you got a one password and then they'll
1: send you an email to do another password to lock.
0: No, so you set up with a password, and usually that's what people do with mm-hmm. their Instagram account. Um, And that's how people get hacked because their passwords are rubbish uh, and they're on the internet. You can get into it, but it then offers you this extra layer of security. It's not default, but you can go and add it. And it would usually say, give us your phone number and then we'll send you a code. And then you type that in and that's how you prove it's you. I would then have to get your phone to then uh, get into your account. Hmm. However... I've proved time and time again how you can steal people's phone numbers and their phone so you can get that code. Mm. So a better way of doing it is choosing two-factor authentication. On
1: everything you do. On everything
0: you do, but then choose to say, use it with an authenticator app. Yeah. Now an authenticator app such as Google Authenticator is free and it's encrypted. It doesn't go across any text message. You can't hack it because you can't get into that phone. It doesn't show up on your front screen as a preview, it's so much safer. If you've got that, you will not have mm-hmm. your account okay. hacked. Okay, how easy is it to hack a phone? So a phone number, mm. this is fun. Mm. I've, I've done this, I've only done it once, mm. but I think that was enough. Mm. So I was asked by a friend of mine uh, to, to hack him because he said, I need to, um, to know a bit more about this. I want to tell my staff, he ends quite a big business and he says, I want to tell my staff that I was hacked but because I think I'm quite good at it. He mm. said, I've done all the things that he goes, I've heard you talk.
1: Yeah. I've done the things you've said. <laughs> yeah. And
0: I was like, all right, that's actually quite a good, good little way. I, I wonder if I can do it. Um, what can I do? He said, you can do whatever you want. I said, all right. So I went away thinking, right, he knows I'm going to hack him. And that's funnily enough, right, when people put their back up. Mm. I've tried to hack people before and they've not turned their email on for a week. Mm. They've shut their laptop and gone into dark mode and just gone, I'm not touching it because Jake's gonna come after me. Yeah. They're difficult. Yeah, But I thought, I wonder if I can get his phone number. So I did. Um, I got my spare phone and um, I got a spare SIM i just bought and I researched the hell out of him. Now I know he is my friend, so yeah. I know information about yeah. him, but I did it like with you. I did it as as what a hacker would do, mm. find out information on him on the internet. He's completely wide open on Instagram. Okay, his son's birthday goes up there, what he's been doing on the weekend, all sorts of stuff to try and get interaction. So all that information, public, I was just writing down. And then I went, I know what I can do. I think I can ring up his phone provider. I won't say which one. Ring up his phone provider and pretend to be him. So I ring up from another number, the phone provider. and I say, oh my God, I'm I'm so sorry to waste your time, but um, my phone's I don't know if it's been nicked or I've lost it, but I, I work with that phone. I, I can't do anything without it. I need to get back to work instantly. Can you kill that number for me and and port that number to this new SIM card that I've just bought and a new phone? And she went, oh, all right, I'm ever so sorry. Um, just calm down. Uh, I, I know how you're feeling. She's very nice. Yeah. We're just going to have to pass security. I was like, yeah, sure, anything. She's like, what's your name? Right, I know the name. What's your date of birth? Well, that's easy. Yeah. I found that on his yeah. uh, Instagram. And she goes, right, what we need now, It's your security code. I was like, okay. Uh, Now, it's four digits, but you don't give out four digits. I don't know if you've ever done it with Mm. your phone provider. You won't ever give out four Mm. digits. Um, Banks and so on. They'll say second and fourth. That's right. Yeah, okay. So she said, what's your third and fourth number? I went, right, okay. Uh, Now, I know he's born in 1982. Yeah. So I went, oh, it's an eight and a two. And she went, oh, you got the fourth digit, right? Yeah. But you didn't get the third digit right. I was like, oh God, they really are helpful. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, I've written, looking around my notes, um, I'm like, right, well, what are the numbers? Of course. His son was born in 90 uh, in 2012. Mm. It's gonna be one and one, two. Okay. So I went, Oh, it's uh, it's one and two. And she went, bingo, thanks very much. All right, what was that you want done again? I was well, like, you're right. in. can you port that that number, yeah. kill it, and port it to this? There's a number on the back of the sim. Mm put on that one, she goes, yeah, it'll take about an hour, maybe two, uh, just keep turning your phone on and off and we'll uh, we'll have you on your way. I was like, oh my God, you're a diamond. This is absolutely wonderful, thank you so much. Phone goes down, about an hour later, I turn my phone on and off. Um, in the meantime, I had to make a guess that he wouldn't have noticed. Yeah. Now he would have noticed if A, he was making phone calls at that time or B, using 4G, 5G, whatever, as data on his device. Mm. As it happens, he was actually at his office. So it was on Wi-Fi, he wouldn't change anything. So Wi-Fi, that's fine. As it happens, he was texting a load of girls at the time. A bit of a ladies' man. Right. <laughs> What's so- his name? <laughs> I know you do that. <laughs> so then um, I then check my phone, turn it on, my spare one. Oh, there's a signal. I go to my own personal phone. I ring him and it rings on my spare phone. Yeah. It's like, this is genius. Yeah what can I do now? Yeah. I actually didn't know what to do at that moment. I was like, oh, I I hadn't thought past that.
1: Oh mate, I'd, mate man, I would have loved that. Right. I'd been right, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to copy and paste this text to all the boys.
0: <laughs> well, I thought he wants cybersecurity here. Yeah. So I, I wonder what I can do. So I went to his website. I went to my favorite button, a hacker's favorite button, forgotten password. Yeah. So I, I clicked on it. What's it going to say? Forgotten password it goes, don't worry. So I didn't need to know his password. He goes, we'll send you a code via an SMS. I was like, he has listened to me. He's got two-factor authentication set up. This was via WordPress, okay? Mm. The the background of his website. The SMS gets sent. It goes to my spare phone. It's an eight-digit number. Obviously, I would never be able to guess that. It's right there. I type it in. It says, right, um, type in a new password. Whenever I hack someone, I always change the password to Jake is awesome because it pisses them off when they type (laughs) it in later. (laughs) And then... um, (laughs) I, I, I typed in this new password and then I got into his website. Mm. I was like, right, now what should I do? I had a little play around. And then I ring him up on his landline and I go, Dave, how's it going, mate? He goes, oh, hello, Jake. Yeah, just not much, quiet afternoon, just texting some girls. Classic. <laughs> um, and I go, I love, I love what you've done with your website. I don't know what it is, but it looks amazing at the moment. And he goes, well, I haven't done nothing for a while. I said, no, no, no. That front page, it looks absolutely amazing. And he goes, I can hear him tapping away. Yeah. And then he clicks and he goes, you bastard. <laughs> i stuck my face all over Oh, it. did you? Quality. <laughs> I just put my cheesy grin yeah. on the front page of his website. And he's like, you bastard. Yeah. How have you done that? <laughs> I said, I'm never so sorry, but I've also stolen your phone number. He's like, what the hell have yeah. you done? But I used that. As a, as a story as an loads, example and loads of businesses yeah. to show him. and I've got all the screenshots yeah I've got the picture of me on his website I've got how I stole his number and put it on my device mm. it took me yeah a couple of hours maybe a bit longer if it was someone I really didn't know this is what attackers are doing it's called mm. a sim swap attack mm. anyone could do it and that's why you need that authenticator app yeah because if you've got it set up by SMS I think Instagram now say over ten thousand followers I think they force you into it yeah. But if you're just going to have it on SMS, you might as well just give it away. Mm. Do you think
1: that social media is dangerous for hackers to find out everything about you to then make it their life easier to hack into everything
0: that you've got? Yes and no. I mean, we can't go and delete ourselves off the internet. Yeah. I know Google are trying, but it's not going to work. Because at the moment, when I'm listening to this, I'm thinking, bloody hell, if
1: you can get into that and you can get into that, you can open that, <clears throat> you've got to be... Super cautious on what yeah. you're putting up on. That's
0: right. Yeah. And so so right now, I love it, right? You've now suddenly thought, okay, maybe I shouldn't put so much information on yeah. there. But it's not that. And I'm on social media. Yeah. I love it. Um, and, oh, if someone's private, they're thinking, that's oh, right. I don't let anyone in. Yeah. What I've done before, I've then pretended to be one of their friends. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've had this. Yeah. And uh, someone pretending to be someone else said, oh, my account's been hacked. They let them in. Yeah. And then they've got the keys to the crown. So, yeah. There's so much we put on there. We can't delete it. We can't remove it. Mm. Facebook and whoever, they keep a hold of this data as well, Mm. even when you try and delete the account. So really, you've got to know what hackers could do with it. Mm. and That way, you could then be better protected. Why are people... I've had
1: two or three people now, and it happened yesterday again, people are setting up accounts to be me on Instagram. And then I've got friends coming in saying there's a fake account. But that hacker is sending them questions about cryptocurrency and invest money here. And Why?
0: You're an entrepreneur. And this works beautifully into a type of a hacker. So imagine imagine you did get into cryptocurrency, right? As someone who is always looking to the future, Mm. imagine this had been two years ago when cryptocurrency was really on Mm. the the high and you were uh, out there and you said, right, everyone, I'm getting into this. This happens on on Twitter, thinking back with Elon Musk fake accounts. They go and send these messages out to people and go right. I'm really getting into this. If you send me some crypto, I'll double it. We'll all be winners. Yeah. Tier medals by by dinner time. Yeah. Right? That's the kind of thing that happens. And are people quite impulsive? Do you think well, it If does they, if they if they got the belief in it's someone trusting game. someone? Yeah. You, you type <clears> any type of fraud, right? I've spoken to romance fraud victims. Uh, right, ro- Hold on. A, a romance fraud victim. Yeah. What like a. What's that film on Netflix? Tinder Swindler. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Tinder Swindler is an amazing story. What was he, what was the Tinder Swindler doing? So he was manipulating people into believing that he had a very impressive lifestyle and he had nothing. And he was stealing from one partner to pay for his lifetime and lifestyle with the next partner. And he kept it going. I'd even say impressively. Yeah, I've spoken to victims of, of these huge romance frauds where they believe they are speaking to their perfect partner. Yeah. And funnily enough, they are their perfect partner. And Why is that? Because on those dating apps, it says, what I'm after is a person that is 25 to 34. Yeah. I want them to be, I don't know, an ex-Marine. Yeah. Funnily enough, that person swoops in as the perfect candidate. Makes and, them wobbly at their knees. Then they start transferring they've, they've, money within a month. Well, well, it's a bit longer than that, actually. Mm. So they'll, they'll call them. They'll video call them. And they'll tell their friends, it can't be a, can't be a fraud. Yeah. I FaceTime them every night. Yeah. I've spoken to victims that have had FaceTimes with, with uh, fraudsters every night for six months. Yeah. And then just when they're saying, I'm coming down to see you tomorrow. I can't wait to see you, darling. Oh, my God, my car's broken down. Can you just send me five grand? Yeah. Well, that person's invested then. Yeah. But their love goes before their five grand. And they then go and wire mm-hmm. across. And the person, oh, oh, thanks. I got the car up and running. I've got a hard car, whatever. You never guess what. And then it goes quiet. Well, what happened to you? I broke my leg. This is what happened in America. Yeah. You know, I need some insurance. Oh, how much do you need? Oh, 10 grand will do it. Yeah. They're in love with them. Yeah. It's incredible. And the Tender Swindler did this in a textbook fashion. Hopefully, though, that helped people open their eyes to the fact that there are fraudsters everywhere and they are the greatest at manipulating people. Mm. It's interesting the whole fraudster thing because
1: I don't think people go out to set out to be a fraudster they find an angle go that was easy I can repeat that yeah I can repeat that that was easy and all of a sudden they're away what I find really weird in this whole system is that there are so many fraudsters out there are getting away with so much fraud
0: but the actual sentences they get are pretty poor that comes down to the evidence. So again, coming back to what I previously did, it was really difficult towards the end of my career in the police force mm. to get that evidence. Yeah. I would be giving back devices that I know full well they've used in criminal activity, but I couldn't prove it. Yeah, you know, Things like the dark web, which- What's an- the dark web? So it anonymizes everything that they've done. doesn't leave a remnant of anything on their machine. And it's a browser. It's like Safari, Firefox or Chrome whatever browser you choose on your, let's say on your laptop, yeah. it opens up in a window. Me as a forensic analyst, I'll be able to see that it opened at, at that time. Yeah. It'd be logged that a browser opened okay. up and I'd be able to know it was on then and they closed it at, at that But time the dark later. web, you won't be able to find that out. So no, because the dark web is, um, once you're on there, you can use a browser, that, like the Onion router, for example, it's called mm. Tor. You can use that browser to go on the open web and go Google and yeah. whatever, but then once you go onto the dark websites, they'll have a, a different uh, suffix. You wouldn't have .com. Yeah. It'll be a .onion. A right. .onion address is is never going to know who has requested that information. So if I go onto this this dodgy website, I mean I've been onto um, hiring a hitman website yeah. on the dark web where you can buy guns, drugs, anything. You don't know where they are they don't know where you are yeah this is how going back to what i was talking about silk road like the the dark web ebay they pop up all the time you can buy all sorts of services and products on the dark web and the police forces are there left scratching their heads going i haven't got a scooby yeah but those police there's not enough police around to be to be nicking these people they're all hiding behind a computer well that's where the future of crime is i i genuinely think the future of crime is In cybercrime.
1: Yeah.
0: At the moment, 50% of crime is fraud or cybercrime. 50%. Is that right? 50%. And that is increasing. And we need police officers and or the whole law enforcement, A, to communicate around the world because the internet is not just in the UK. Yeah. We need them all to communicate. We need to uh, upskill everyone from on the street right the way up to understand it. It used to do my head in the amount of times I'd have a copper come in and go, oh, can you look at this? I'm a technophobe. Yeah. I'd be like, whoa. You couldn't come to me and say, oh, can you look at that burglary, mate? I haven't got a clue how to dust for prints. Yeah. Yeah. How mad is this? And it's not illegal what I'm talking about right now. Downloading the dark web is totally legal. Lots of people might think that you're a, I don't know, drug dealer if you have that. And... It, it's not always the case. You mm. might have legitimate reasons for it. Freedom fighters, for example, yeah. someone yeah. who wants to to not let the government know what websites they're going on because I know for political reasons, yeah, fair play. Mm. That's, a, that's a cool reason so to So you're going it. onto the dark
1: web to go and find a hitman or to go and buy drugs or to go and do something that you don't want to be tracked on with Safari.
0: Yeah, that's that is one way of using the dark web. Once you've got it on your machine, you can then uh, go and do pretty much what you like. So if you found
1: someone in a crime incident and then you picked up their computer and went on, you saw they were on the dark web, you're like, oh, here we go.
0: Yeah, it doesn't log in the same way though. So as a computer analyst, you are really going to struggle to find what they've been doing. Uh, you may have more remnants on a machine in what's called the RAM if the computer is on at the time of strike. Yeah. So, you know, 6am bust through the door, they're on their machine. They're doing all sorts of, of what looks dodgy. Mm. You want to leave that machine on, and you want to do some sort of analysis on that machine right there. As soon as they turn it off, they're potentially going to flush all the evidence. Yeah,
1: but when you when you grab someone's computer, are you like they've been on the dark web? This bloke's not straight. There's a reason why he's gone on the dark
0: web. Well, does that ring alarm bells for you? So back then, when I left, it had only been really big for a few years. Mm. Um, and it was definitely coming in. And th- again, that was one of the reasons that I looked at leaving the police, because I was struggling to see what I was going to be giving back to the community. Because I'd be giving these computers back and I'd have investigators on my back saying, like, top cop saying, come on, Jake, we need some stats out of this. We've got the the government on our backs. We haven't got very good stats on uh, on p- putting people behind bars for this. And I'll be going, well, there, there isn't anything. Mm. I'm giving this computer back. Some machines can come in without an operating system on. And and that was insane. And there's so many other problems to do with money that are screwing up the police force in what's annoyingly the future of crime.
1: Yeah. So the future of crime are, are criminals using the internet to rob money. But say if they're A 10 out of 10 at what they do. What are the police in trying to catch them?
0: (laughs) Minus 10? Is it that far behind? If they're at that level. So you look at nation state attacks. They're impressive. They're persistent. Nation state. So nation state. So you've got um, Russia, for example. They'll employ advanced persistent threat groups. These are called APT groups Mm. to persistently attack a bank or a national grid or mm. something, or whatever. We're talking thousands of attempts a day. Yeah. To get in. To try and bank. get in.
1: So as soon as you're in, you bam, take the money out. And you're
0: they, so nation state are not there to get the money. Okay. So you've got nation state attacks, which are looking for political reasons. Yeah. This is very, very difficult to withstand. Mm. You might even find you've got APT groups inside a business or a government entity. And they're sitting there for six months, just monitoring. I've heard of a story where um, this, this big bank, had a problem they couldn't fix. They did not know what was wrong inside their machine. And they knew they hadn't been attacked. And it went on for months. But then one day it fixed itself. And that's when the the chief of information security went to the bosses and said, I think we've actually got a problem here. And they Mm -hmm. went, why? And they said, because this thing that was broken is now fixed. And they said, what are you all about? It's amazing. They said, no, the only way someone could have done that as if they'd broken in and fixed it, because that's where the data that they'd probably want is funneling through. Yeah, and so they got in to fix something just to monitor it, and that's when they had to to kill it. If you got a bank account with ten Gs in there,
1: and someone took that ten grand out, and you were, you didn't know about it until one day you woke up, and the next day you're like, "Oh my god, I've actually been robbed out of mm-hmm. my account." Are you insured?
0: Will the bank give you that money back? That depends. My best advice on that. Is to go big, go public, go on their Twitter feed, yeah. go. Oi, What the hell? They will do what they can to protect their to brand. protect it, and not. Pay- they have an amount of money, of course, yeah. a pool of money that is insurance, of yeah. course, to give money back, or they might give half back or whatever. Yeah. But they've got to protect that. Now, the amount that's getting stolen is increasing. They can't always go and give the money back, and they might even say, "Look, the onus was on you." It was your fault. Mm. They might point the finger and say, your fault. You had terrible security. You got busted. Say someone rings you up and pretends to be someone else yeah. and you believe it. I mean...
1: They'll you, say that's your fault. Yeah. But what you're saying is, if that does happen to you, go public and they will hopefully, we'll just go, there's
0: I've your money some, back. Go to the newspapers. Go to Martin Lewis. There, yeah. there are some amazing people that will help. But unfortunately, I hear so many stories where people don't get that money back. And, and you say that they don't realise until they maybe wake yeah. up. That can actually be the length of time that is before they even get any of it back. Mm. Uh, we're in a world where we want money thrown around instantly. Yeah. And of course, that's that's fantastic. It doesn't go into escrow. It's going to have its it, troubles as well. Of course. And yeah. once it's gone, it's turned into Bitcoin. It's turned into whatever you fancy. Yeah. And it's gone. And so the banks are a bit tetchy about this. So they're desperately also trying to protect their customers and teach them what they can do. But if we're sitting back going, nah, it's not going to happen to me, mate. And mm. well... It probably will. If you're a fraudster, how good is Strava for you? Well, Strava is another one of those that's just got a load of information on there, and you probably don't realise it. You probably think, well, all my information's on Instagram or Facebook, but but Strava, it has all your routes that you that you run with, right? Um, same with Map My Run. And what do most people do? They start or finish at their home or work. And I've used this before to find out where people live. Because that's usually the one that scares people the most. You go into a business and you go, all right, um, and I know where you live. Um, go on Google Street Maps and find out what car they drive as well. That really freaks them out. Yeah. But it could be used by a fraudster to the ring, ring you up. And now whenever someone rings you up and they say, I don't know, hi, Dodge. Well, mm. then they'd probably mm. call you Roger, wouldn't they? And they'd know information about you. I know where you live um, and they'd say "Yeah, your date of birth and whatever. Mm. You have that verification in the back of your mind mm-hmm. that it must be them. How else would they know that personal information? And then they've got you, okay, right, what can I help you with? Oh, there's been a problem with your account. I'm just gonna send you a, a, a code or a link in, in a message. Can you just click it or give the number back to me and then we'll leave you on your way. Mm. And then the phone, the phone buzzes and you get a code. Mm. You give that code to them. Well, what you've really done is you've just given them access to your account. Yeah. And you wouldn't even know about it. You put the phone down and go, oh, what a lovely guy. And you walk on your 24 hours
1: later, you've been robbed. And that's it. Wow. And do you think that people our age and sort of in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever, are more clued up to this? And do you think the fraudsters are aiming at
0: older people? No, they're they're aiming at everyone. Okay. The best people that are in their own cybersecurity mind are the ones that have been hacked. Yeah. If someone's been hacked or lost their baby photos or whatever. Yeah. They are the best at updating, backing up, and putting security on their yeah. devices. But everyone else, they just don't think it'll happen to them. Do you think the the nation, the UK, is quite blasé
1: about backing up and protecting their own security?
0: Oh, yeah. They really don't think it'll happen to them. I think a lot more people are using uh, the cloud to back up, which is great. I mean, everyone takes photos on their phone, yeah. and within seconds, it's on the cloud. That's amazing, because... You're probably going to drop your phone or if it got stolen, you're going to cry if you lose all those photos yep. on there. So it's a fantastic way of backing up. But I don't think people back up their home computers if they're still using them. Mm. And what about your thoughts when the when your mobile phone says
1: uh, allow access to where you are on these different apps? It says something like um, allow, I can't remember what it actually says. It's something along the Okay, lines tracking. Yes, yeah, tracking. Basically, allow us to know where you are.
0: So Do you always say no. Yeah, it doesn't need to know where I am. Um, Strava obviously would, but you can put protections in place on Strava. You can actually um, put a radius around your start and finish. So the public won't know. I mean, the best thing I would do Strava for is just have it as a personal account. So Mm -hmm. only you can race against yourself. But of course, some people are going to want to race against their mates. So just do their due diligence on who's following them. But still, they don't need to see the start and finish. Um, And it will still monitor it for you, but tracking is a big thing. So Apple uh, are very helpful at the moment with trying to stop the amount of data being pulled from your device and given to these companies. Mm. And so they say, do you allow tracking? Mm. That's that's a really good wording because I think tracking makes people go, well, I don't want to be tracked. But the amount of info they are actually taking is like where you are, um, your username, Uh, your um, screen resolution, so they'll know what phone you're using. And they can even go deeper into that, into your photos. Some have access to your photos. Mm. They can then then use artificial intelligence to work out what's in those images. They might then be able to work out what you're into. That's just a goldmine for advertisers, so they can micro-target you. Mm. So you say micro-target,
1: you know sometimes you're on the internet and all of a sudden something pops up. Yeah, that freaks me out. <laughs> yeah. Number one, that freaks me out. But number two, do you reckon someone's listening to us on the mobile now?
0: No, this is going to split your audience in half, right? They're not listening. I can already hear people going. Of course, they may must be. What, like Alexa? Um, Alexa must be listening. Or well, Alexa's listening out for the key words, but your phone is not listening to you. If you hundred percent, your phone's not listening. Your phone's to not listening to you. How do, Never- you know- how do you know that? I've done tons of research on okay. this, um, and loads of people have done the research yeah. on this. It's on my blog. Mm. Um, And never underestimate the algorithm in these applications. These algorithms know you better than yourself. Mm. They are able to look into non-encrypted messaging platforms that you might have. So, for example, uh, I think Instagram, no, sorry, Facebook Messenger, not encrypted. They've got to pick out keywords. So when you say not encrypted, what do you mean by that? It can't, it can be intercepted. It can be intercepted, WhatsApp is encrypted. Yeah. So the encryption key is your phone and your recipient's phone. And no one else can get into it. So no one else can get into it. They can't read it. Yeah. Non-encrypted, like text messages, anyone can read them with the right tools, um, and other messaging platforms will allow people to read that. Gmail, for example, I remember for years... Um, Gmail were able to pick out keywords in your emails. Mm. So if you're getting married and you're talking about your wedding, well, they're going to throw loads of, of ads about weddings at you. This is the, the type of thing that makes them money. I mean, it's not about money of these companies anymore. You, you you name all the big tech companies. It's all about data. Yeah. And that is what is future proofing themselves. Mm. But yeah, try and reduce the amount that you give them mm. by not allowing the tracking. They don't need your photos. They don't need your location unless it is a location-based app. Mm. And if so, only allow it when you're using it not to be in the background. Mm. Do you reckon any criminal out there can be
1: tracked by the police in the UK right now? Well,
0: their phones can, yeah. So you can, um, again, with a court order, you can go and uh, monitor where a phone is. To the what to the pinpoint? Um, it's getting better, but they triangulate it. So you're, from your phone itself it will be given uh, three point three three points three that it's picking off so if you're driving down a motorway and it keeps pinging off three at a time you you know where you it know is pretty much
1: where they are um okay.
0: but yeah yeah this is very very invasive so it does have to be signed off by a judge and how easy
1: that. is it to get signed off if there was a if there was a serious criminal out yeah. there and you needed to find
0: exactly where he was risk of life something like that yeah yeah, you you need to have evidence you need and this is why the intelligence department is so key to the police forces we never really think about the intelligence department that is sat in a room with loads of information coming in at once and it gets graded how good quality that might be mm. and that builds a picture months maybe even a couple of years i've heard i've heard the intelligence in the uk is one of the best in the world yeah mi16 yeah incredible yeah if you're looking at some of these Incredible organisations, GCHQ. What's that called? Um, G? GCHQ stands um, for. Oh, you got me now? General Communications Headquarters. Okay, and then in London, um, it's in Gloucester, okay. Cheltenham. Sorry, okay. <laughs> Cheltenham. Okay, and then it's part of, with the NCSC, so the National Cybersecurity Centre, working incredibly hard to do what they can with the powers that they have to put the biggest career criminals behind bars.
1: Mm. What sort of sentences are big career criminals getting in this cybersecurity world and the frauds of the world?
0: There aren't many real case studies to play with here. What you'll you'll find is there's a big press conference when a group of cyber criminals get arrested. Mm. They make a big song and dance out of it. Check us out. We've actually nicked someone for a cyber offence with loads of of evidence that we've got, we're going to throw it at them. You don't tend to find the same press conference later on because it doesn't always go to court. Mm. Because of course they're using the tools that we've discussed that they can evade any capture. Mm. And it's it's so easy for them to do what they do. You can't monitor their communications. They're, they're using double down encrypted platforms It raises everything. Mm. They're burning smartphones like we used to burn Nokia 3210. It seems to me
1: that the cyber criminals are 10 years ahead. Absolutely. Of everyone trying to catch them.
0: Yeah. But we don't want to get any further behind. Yeah, okay. Just
1: tell me about IP addresses. Can people know exactly where people are
0: by them being on the internet? Yeah. As long as they haven't faked it, we'll come on to that. Mm. um, It's effectively... Your postcode okay so you can use an ip address which does change but at at the time and date that an ip address is used it can be found via your internet service provider Mm. like sky or bt they'll be able to find out where it was so if they're doing something i don't know illicit like downloading indecent images they'll be able to notify the police that those IP addresses... Came from were, that location. Uh, well, they won't know the location. They'll just know the IP address. The police then have to put it through um, their systems to find out who is using it at, at that time.
1: So it doesn't go on location. So someone is doing an IP address, you say, oh, they're actually in Manchester. They're actually in Birmingham. So Does it pick
0: up on that? Well, it would just pick up the address. But the thing is, what criminals are doing is they are faking that IP address. Yeah. So you've got the dark web... But then you've also got virtual private networks. You may have heard of a VPN. VPN, yeah. Yeah, everyone's using it on their laptop, hopefully. You can put it on your phone as well. It changes the, the IP address and you can tell it to be in a different country. So if you're on holiday and you want to watch iPlayer, for example, mm. uh, it doesn't work in Spain. You can tell it that you're in the UK and hopefully it then plays on your device. <laughs> Quality. Jake, I've really enjoyed this. This is a whole new world.
1: Great. A whole new world. Um, I really thank you coming on and for your honesty here. And I think a lot of people are going to learn
0: a lot from this. Oh, let's hope so. Yeah, Thanks man. very much. Where can people find you? So I'm on Twitter and LinkedIn. I'm always throwing out on my research yep. through Twitter um, and a lot on my blog site, which is welivesecurity.com. Brilliant.
1: You're a gentleman. Good thank man, you. Jake. Cheers, Cheers, bud. Thanks, mate.